Welcome to Teacher Talks at Valdosta State University with your host, Dr. Forrest Parker, brought to you by the Dewar College of Education and Human Services and the Department of Teacher Education at Valdosta State University. Well, welcome back for a new episode of Teacher Talks, a podcast by teachers for teachers filmed um, right here at Valdosta State University. And today we have my good friend, Dr. Karen Terry. But thank you for joining us today, KT. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm really interested. So as our listeners might know, I kind of let people choose their own topics. And so I'm really interested in this topic um, because I think it's important to know in in our climate, right, about what our legislatures are doing and in our state and the surrounding states and how that might impact things. So KT is an expert in you know this sort of legislation. So I'm really excited that she's willing to share with us. It's great. But before we get started, I just want to ask a few questions so our listeners get to know you a little bit better, KT. Um so you're a teacher, right? How did you find your way down here to Valdosta State? Well actually um I'm going to date myself here, but my first introduction to VSU, I was a governor's honors student in high school. And back then, um, I won't say the year, but VSU was hosting um, that summer program um, of governor's honors students. And so um, that was my first introduction. I spent the summer um, here at VSU and loved it and then came back to VSU when I wanted to add my ed leadership certification. And so I came back to VSU to do that. So I have a long history with VSU. Yeah. So you actually graduated and for one of your degrees from VSU. Is that right? Um, At that time, I already had um, my doc. And so I just added on the certificate. So I did I did the certificate program. um, And then my cohort, most of my cohort went on to get um, an advanced degree, but that was, I really just wanted that I needed the certification and um, it was a wonderful experience um, to add that. That's great. So you really got to experience VSU at, at three different levels, right? Yes. A high school student um, mm-hmm. and in, in college, well, you know, post-college, but as sort of a student yep, now absolutely. as a professor. Yes. Yes. It was kind of Pretty funny cool. when, when I did get hired as a professor and I logged in for the first time, it, it still showed my student account. So I wasn't seeing what they were telling me I was supposed to be seeing. And then they realized, oh, you're still, you still have a student account. So once a blazer, always a blazer. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so you, you said you don't want to date yourself, but I'm going to make you date yourself <laughs> for a bit. Uh, how long have you been teaching in K-12 oh, and higher ed? Oh, uh, and hi- including higher ed. Okay, I'm going to have to say pl- 30 plus years. What? <laughs> yes. You do not seem like you're old enough to have done 30 years yet. It's crazy. Yep. Huh. Good for you. Um. So, what kind of what grades did you teach? What subjects? Grades. I would. Yeah. I would. I would classify myself as um a middle grades practitioner. Middle grades was really my sweet spot um as a teacher, and I taught um English language arts and social studies. Those are my two favorite as well. And I know you got your certificate, uh, excuse me, your certification 
as a teacher leader. Were you ever involved as an administrator? Yes, yes. Um, that's where I got my ed leadership here at VSU. Um, my doc was my my dissertation um, was in teacher leadership. Um, and so, uh, yes, I had experience as an administrator, at elementary, middle and high. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, what was your favorite part about um, being a teacher or is, I guess, in this case, because you're still yeah. teaching? Um, I would say learning from my students and my colleagues. You know, every day we're, we're um, feeding off of each other and learning new things. And um, I definitely would have to say learning, learning from them um, and including my colleagues. Okay. Like being a lifelong learner. I can relate to that. <laughs> um, what about your favorite part about being an administrator since you've done some administration before? Um, I Kind of along the same lines, but maybe more in terms of advocacy, advocating for students. Um, especially marginalized populations and advocating for teachers. Um, you know, so much of what was frustrating about the most frustrating thing about the administrative role was sort of um, handing out from up above, um, mm-hmm. you know, regulations and, and those kinds of things and, and um, keeping an authentic foot in the trenches um, to, to really advocate for how it was impacting teachers and students. Well, I think you just, uh, really hit on something there about being an advocate. I think those those type of administrators who, who hold true to that, um, at least for me personally, always had the biggest impact. Yeah. So you, you had this successful career as a teacher and as an administrator. What made you want to enter higher education back down here in Valdosta State? Yeah, I, I think it goes back to advocacy and having maybe a broader feeling that I had maybe a broader um, impact in terms of advocating. Um, and it, it, it does, um, lean into education policy as well and how that impacts. Um, and so I think just having maybe being able to cast a wider net in terms of advocating for public, public education. Okay. Um, what, um, where are, so have you always taught in Georgia? Have you taught in other states? Um, I did teach for um, a, a small amount of time in South Carolina, but um, uh, it's, Georgia is uh, Georgia is my home. That makes sense, given our topic about the Georgia legislation. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but you could have you could have picked any topic, right? But you chose you chose uh, House Bill ten eighty four and a few other House and Senate bills you mentioned in mm-hmm. your blog. Doesn't exactly sound like a very sexy topic, you know, for a <laughs> podcast talking about legislation. So why did you why did you want to talk about this and why should our listeners care? Yeah, it kind of goes back to um, you know, what we touched on briefly already. Um, and that is that, you know, the, these these policies, these laws um affect what we do in our classrooms. And this one in particular. Um, and being, you know, I teach a social studies methods class for middle grades and secondary. And this particular piece of le- legislation also has a higher ed um, component um, that for the teacher preparation programs, um, we have a responsibility to follow House Bill 1084. So um, uh, I felt compelled that um, our students, our VSU uh, pre-service teachers need to be aware of it. And then as well as you know, our stakeholders that we support um, should should be aware of this House bill and how it impacts um, their instruction. 
Well, so I know you wrote a whole article about it, and I think we have about 24 people who've read it up to today. But for the people who are listening who haven't read it and they don't know everything there is to know about House Bill 1084, can you give us a brief overview? What what is it? What's it trying to do? Okay, absolutely. So I'm gonna gonna use my notes here because I want to I want to make sure when we talk about the bill itself, um, you know, there's a lot of interpretation of um, what the bill really means. But um, House Bill 1084 essentially defines nine concepts regarding race and racism, and that these that these nine concepts um, are divisive, um, and they um, it prohibits uh, their teaching in any curriculum, classroom instruction, mandatory and mandatory training, professional what we would call professional development um, for for educators. And so, the law really vaguely defines what is divisive. Um, and so, um, while the bill is specific in some areas, it's vague enough that it's been left up to interpretation. Um, and I think that's where we've run into some conflict. Um, and discourse about what the bill um, is really trying to address. So it, it's about race and, and gender and being able to have trainings on that as staff, but also does it affect our teaching, did you say? Yes. We're not allowed to teach about it? That's right. Um, curriculum, classroom instruction um, is included um, and that um, divisive concepts um, should be avoided. And it also has a provision for um, a student, a parent, or a guardian uh, to file a complaint um, if they believe that they um, that the that this law, this bill has been um, violated by their classroom teacher, their school, etc. And and also a teacher um, maybe who uh, received professional development. Um, could also uh, file a claim if they felt that it was a divisive topic that they were subjected to. Interesting. And and I read, uh, like a lot of bills, sometimes they don't have any teeth to it, but it seems like this one threatens cutting funding. Is that correct? It does. It does. So one of the things the school systems um, really had to to scramble um, to address in this bill was the complaint process. So um, they didn't have a formalized complaint process if a complaint should come in. But yes, um, the, the, you're exactly right. The bill does have the teeth in that if it is found that a school or a classroom is in violation, um, one of the penalties includes that they can lose funding. Wow. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will talk about some more um, specifics of this bill and how it can affect um, us as people. This podcast is brought to you by Ricky Z's social media. And welcome back from our short little break. Um, we have Dr. Karen Terry here. I know her as KT. And we're mm -hmm. talking about House Bill 1084 down here in Georgia and how um, some of those provisions affect us classroom teachers. So coming back, in your article, you wrote about false terminology. What, what terms are you talking about specifically? And why, why does this bill kind of use them falsely? Yeah, so um, again, it, it goes back to the vagueness of the wording um, and how that wording is to be interpreted 
um, there, there are, uh, there is the phrase um, about race um, scapegoating um, in, and race stereotyping. Um, and as we dig into the bill and we look at the specifics, um, you know, uh, especially I think for social studies teachers, but really this could be for any content. But, but because I teach the social studies methods course, and because we have a, um, an obligation in higher ed, I wanted to make sure that our pre-service teachers in the, in the middle grades and secondary social studies course was aware of the bill. Um, and specifically, for example, I can quote that one, one of the um, divisive concepts um, listed in the bill is um, that the United States is fundamentally racist. So, you know, I challenge the students that when they teach world history, U.S. history and Georgia history, um, you know, how how are they going to address these topics uh, because they would be construed as divisive? So, you know, we were really having a great conversation about, you know, how do you teach those, you know, how do you teach those courses um, around, um, you know, things that are specific in the bill um, when students, you know, and where, where do students go, you know, P12 students go, um, to ask questions about the history of their country, their state, um, the world. Um, and so, yeah, so it's, it's confusing how the terms are used. Um, but, uh, when you dig into the bill, um, it's, it's troubling. Interesting. You specified race scapegoating, um, but but isn't that's bad, right? Why shouldn't our legislators ban this type of of brainwashing of our youth? Why is it? Don't you think that they're trying to do the right thing here, or do you think it's a deliberate misinterpretation or a deliberate vagueness? Yeah, I I, I think that the um, you know, the fact that they list it as these you know as these things to your point, um are quote unquote bad, right? And and what we want how do we how we want to be careful. But essentially what the bill is saying, the overreach I think that that my students and I are struggling with as we move through the content we teach and this bill um, is that race and racism are divisive topics and should not be included in curriculum or classroom instruction. So my students are, you know, asking questions of, you know, are we essentially, you know, whitewashing history? Um, and, you know, how, uh, you know, how can the curriculum be taught? The Georgia Standards of Excellence, um, you know, for example, eighth grade um, Georgia history uh, has a, a unit on the civil rights movement. So, you know, how do, how, you know, the, their question is, how do we teach that? Um, and avoid there being divisive concepts in the classroom. Um, yeah. Because you, in your um, article, you list like the nine concepts that are mm-hmm. outlined, outlined in the bill. But some yeah. of them do seem like no brainers. Like they talk about, you know, one says one race is inherently superior to another race. Like, why is that not something? That we can right. And I think what the bill is saying is that, um, and and all nine, when you read them, um, you know, you would think, oh, that's, you know, why is there a problem? You know, isn't the, isn't the bill um, protecting, um, 
you know, things that are, things that are great about, um, about history. Uh, but it, what it's really doing is controlling how race is, um, taught and racism and in terms of the history of the country and, and even currently, even under current events, um, so that, um, No one, and especially in the training portion, um, or when they talk about um, performance-based ad- advancement or recognition or appreciation of character traits, such as work ethic, that those things are racist. Um, and so, um, yeah, it's it's the way that uh, students, like I said, students, guardians, parents, can interpret the way that a teacher presents these topics. And if they believe it's divisive, can file a complaint um, that would need to be investigated. Yeah, it's interesting to me because taken out of context, these do seem like no-brainers. Like it seems like it's trying to protect the rights of minorities by like not teaching white supremacy. Is when you take it out of context, it almost seems like yeah, don't teach that one race is better than another race. But viewed like you said in it in its entirety, it's it's sort of a different thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so do you think teachers, so th- this bill came about for a reason, right? Do you think teachers really are discussing these divisive issues in our schools? Do you think teachers are, you know, teaching that all white people are racist and you know, we you know, it, things of that nature that, that, that can, uh, about critical race theory and things like that? Do you, do you, as you've gone throughout the state and you've taught for a long time, you've been an administrator, do we have a problem with um, social studies teachers brainwashing our, our students one way or the other? Uh, no, uh, I, I don't think we have, I don't think we have that problem. I think that, you know, um, and I touched on this just a little bit earlier, but, um, you know, our students, um, as, as we're talking about the bill and they are learning more and more about the content that they are going to be certified to teach, their, their concern and my concern is if these dev- so-called divisive topics are off limits, the question is, then where do our P-12 students learn to engage in discourse? Where do they learn a place where it's safe to ask questions um, and to broaden maybe their um, experience and knowledge of um, social studies in um, and history curriculum? So... Um, by removing that discussion and by, you know, you know, one of our students, one of our VSU students asked the question, um, how am I supposed to teach the standards up against this bill? Because there are a lot of divisive topics, um, in, in our curriculum and social studies science as well. I mean, really any subject. Um, so I think that's the concern is that where do students learn to think critically, to expand their knowledge base, to ask tough questions, and to share opposing viewpoints in a respectful way. Um, you know, I can't, we can't help but think that what we see spilling over into the streets, perhaps there is a lack of that ability. And we would like to think that our P12 classrooms and our uh, classrooms in higher ed are places where we could learn to disagree. Um, respectfully. It's interesting. Um, so if, if this isn't a problem with our teachers 
brainwashing our students. Why do our politicians feel the need to pass a law? So what, what's, what's their motivation? Well, you know, it goes back to, you know, we can also talk about and link in book banning and, um, you know, the, the, the fear that, um, you know, our, our, like many states, our curriculum is uh, public knowledge. Anytime we change a standard, right, it goes up for public review. Um, so all of that is is made public. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think that, um, you know, I, I think that today's political climate is, I think it's overreach. And I think it's over worry that, um, you know, that, that they want more control over um, you know, essentially how um, the topic of race is addressed in public classrooms. That's interesting. Yeah, it's kind of the fear of the unknown. You know, mm-hmm. Or if, if one politician says that, oh, our teachers are teaching this, people of that party will sort of just agree without any real base in fact or evidence that they can see or hear just you know, I, I think I think I read a poll leading up to this, and I was saying most parents don't think this sorts of thing happens at their kids' school. They think it's happening somewhere else. But if all parents think it's happening somewhere else and not in their own backyard, then maybe it's just not happening. <laughs> right. Right. So moving on, um, this this law essentially bans the use of training for for teachers and staff on this issue. Um, do our teachers even need training on this, do you think? Teachers well, that have been out of college experience for a while, are, um, out of higher ed, they've, they've been teaching for 25 years. Are there things that they do need to know to teach some of these tricky issues in a different uh, way? Well, I think so. I think I look at it in two, kind of, I kind of bifurcate it um, a little bit in that one is the idea around professional development on multicultural education or, you know, um, uh, conscious or subconscious bias, those kinds of trainings. Um, there has been some controversy where t- teachers have said, you know, I, I, um, I'm uncomfortable. I feel targeted in this trend, you know, that this training has targeted me or made me to have, um, ill feelings towards myself or discomfort. Um, and I don't, I don't want to be a part of that. And then the other one is um, kind of the other lane that you're talking about that, um, and I agree, needs we need training, continued training is, and I, I seek out, um, you know, what is divisive? What, what is construed as divisive? Um, and uh, so I think, yes, you know, in, in, in both regards, um, again, very vague. And it goes back to, um, it goes back to the perception of the receiver. So, you know, if I'm in a classroom or my child's in a classroom or I'm in a training and mm-hmm. I feel that this is divisive and is, is, you know, is, is give, causing me to be uncomfortable. Um, that, that's another sort of, sort of a dangerous, um, uh, vague, uh, area to be in, um, when the complaints come in. So I'm also curious to see when, you know, like you said, you know, then where is it happening? Uh, when the complaints come in, how are what what is the complaint? How is it being handled? Um, but you know, I think that, uh, and then from there, yeah, then then we determine what kind of professional development, what kind of training do we need um, based on what kind of complaints are coming in. 
And then I'm interested to see what happened. Like, are they really going to follow through with the budget cuts? Like, what, what, at what standard do, right. do the plaintiffs need to prove that this thing was really happened? Other than just it made me feel bad about myself. <laughs> right, right. And what, how are you going to define, you know, um, how are you going to define the, um, you know, the effect and how are you going to measure then what does, what's punitive, what, what's the appropriate punishment for, so it, I, you know, it, it'll be really interesting to see, um, you know, how, how this plays out. Yeah. So our listeners might be wondering now, okay, I understand what, what this is. It gives me more to, to read about and study and reflect, you know, on how I'm going to deal with this. But what can teachers and in particular their, their leaders, what can we do to sort of deal with this, to combat legislative overreach like this in our schools? What, what's, what's our move? Yeah, um, I think it goes back to advocacy and being informed. Um, you know, most of our students are, our students are uh, members of a professional organization. We, we encourage that. We, um, you know, joining, um, whether they're joining PAGE or uh, the uh, Georgia Association of Educators or even the National um, Educators Association um, and, and staying abreast of what's happening uh, because it does impact um, what we're doing in our classrooms. And, you know, no one really likes to mix politics and education. Uh, they're two hot topics, um, even even uh, alone, even separate, um, but to combine them. But, um, you know, I, I encourage our students to be aware um, because it does impact um, the profession. Yeah. Well, there you have it, folks. Dr. KT, thank you so much for coming in and speaking to us on, on this important topic. Um, we really appreciate it. And for our listeners, make sure you check out our blog post. And um, for any questions, you can find um, Dr. Carey's information on the Valdosta website, Valdosta State University website. And um, you can also find it on the blog, I believe. If not, I will add that in there. Um, so thank you. Thank you so much for coming. Well, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. As always. Teacher Talks at Valdosta State University is produced by Ricky Z Social Media and is brought to you by the Brewer College of Education and Human Services and the Department of Teacher Education at Valdosta State University.